0: Remember the LastPass hack from last year? We said we'd do full coverage of it once all the shoes have dropped, and so here it is. We talk about the lessons that you can learn from it as a company and then also as a user of a password manager. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And I have with me my peripheral, uh, uh, my 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 peripheral proliferation consultant, Prasanna Malayandi. How's it going,
1: Prasanna? Good, Curtis. It's one of those things that I don't think anyone's going to ever solve. And everyone talks about everything going wireless, but at the same time,
0: like there's certain things you just have to plug in. I have a I have a wireless mouse. Yep. but it's plugged. But it has a dongle that has to be plugged in, yep. which makes it, which makes it, puts it on my list of, yeah. right? Um, and uh, I, I, the thing is, I have, you know, it's the whole USB-C thing, USB-C, right? That's yeah. the... Yep. It's um, the new standard. Yep. Because I have a I have a MacBook Pro that has four USB-C ports, which are completely worthless to 95% of USB the device. devices. Yep. you got to... Right. Because we've had so many years. I mean, even new stuff that you buy now, it generally comes with, you know, unless it needs a USB-C. You know what you should do? What?
1: They sell dongles that convert USB-A to USB-C.
0: Well, that still wouldn't solve my problem. Right. Because I have, again, it's the, I have too many things to plug in. That's the problem. Right. Um, So, um, and they don't like. Well, anyway, yeah, but but this is this is what you and I spend time talking about, yeah. Uh, And it's just you know, I mean, I'm I'm ashamed of this cable. I need cable for the yeah. For for those of you that are are you know blessed enough to be watching this on Backup Central, like this this is my (laughs) this is my (laughs) desktop. Oh, Curtis, it's just it's just it's, It's just a mess, right? Um, And, you know, and I mean, I have a cabled, you know, if you were paying attention, you would have seen a cabled naked hard drive, which I'm currently using (laughs) to download all of my, um, my iPhone, my iCloud photos, which came up in a previous podcast. Uh, I I finally figured out how to get my iCloud photos out of iCloud uh, in their full native naked format. Although it's, HEIC format, of course, but I think the, that's what your iPhone takes anyway. It, it, it does, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I I don't know what HEIC brings that let's say PNG or JPEG brings. Maybe it it's got that auto scaling. I don't know. I don't know what it does, but all I know is if I want to use it in any normal program, I have to convert it yeah. to PNG or yep. JPEG. But I will have it at least in its full native format because I can't support uh, my phone doesn't have enough storage to store the 11,000 photos (laughs) that I had. And I I had no idea I had 11,000. So
1: and I know this has always been the biggest challenge is like once you take those pictures, it's like I know you and I chat about this the other day. It's like probably like
0: 30, 40 percent of that is garbage, right? I think it's. I think it's a higher percentage. <laughs> I think I think you're being too kind because I am the opposite of you, where I take pictures of everything. I'm like, hey, persona, look at this cool thing I just saw. Right, like the yeah. the one that comes to mind is when I was driving down the freeway and there was this person that had damaged their back right bumper, <laughs> and what they bought was this gigantic band aid. Like literally, it's just a it's just it's literally it it was made to look like a band aid on their bumper. And I thought that was hilarious. And I sent, I sent that to you, but in order to do that, that had to be in my camera roll. Yep. Right. And, um, did I then immediately delete that? No, I didn't. No. Right. So Whoever it's like deletes anything. three months later and I'm looking and I'm like, Oh my God, I have four, four photos <laughs> of this, of this car. Yeah. This is, this is the problem. Yep. This is why you and I do what we do because there's so much data most of it worthless, yeah. but in the middle of it is stuff that really matters.
1: Well, and the problem is the cost to go and prune the garbage data is so yeah. high that you're never going it to is.
0: do it. It is. Right. Yeah. So I, so I started, I started going through my, my, uh, <laughs> camera roll starting with like the very beginning of my camera roll. And I'm literally, I've, I've learned the the keyboard is your friend here, right? You yeah. want to do it on your screen because you can i can h- hover my finger hovers over the command key and then i'm i'm going back and forth between the right arrow and the delete key right cuz you have to do command delete to delete something yep and then you do right arrow to go to the next, next picture so i'm like i'm like right arrow command delete command delete command delete command <laughs> delete right arrow <laughs> right yeah so it, it, it's doable but it is time yep. right it is time consuming uh, but at some point I will run out, I will hit the wall of the, and you'll give the up. two terabytes of storage that um, mm. Apple So, I gotta, so it's yeah. it's time time to prune now, right? Yep.
1: And that's the thing. Um, so I know we talk about backing up data often. I know mm-hmm. we talk about archiving data. I don't think we've maybe we need an episode on pruning data. <laughs> you know? It would
0: be the most boring episode. I, I
1: don't, but I, oh, sorry, maybe it's not an episode, but I think
0: it's something we should be talking about. I agree. I agree. Uh, what, what, let me, let me file that. Let me file that. If there's anybody out there that's a pruner, are, are there professional data pruners? Is there software that will somehow help me figure this out? Yeah. Um, probably not. But, um, <clears throat> well, let's get to the, let's get to the, the actual uh, subject of the day, and, and it's one that we're revisiting something that we've talked about before, but I think it's... I, I mentioned that I wanted to come back and do a full summary episode on what we were going to call the LastPass hack. Mm-hmm. Um, LastPass hack, the conclusion. Yeah, LastPass <laughs> hack. The TL... TLDR. The TLDR tldr and so i'm gonna listen to a you know 40 minute podcast (laughs) i didn't have time to read the thousands of articles that are written about it so i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to curtis and persona (laughs) blather on about it um there's those are our people we're we're glad you're here uh by the way before we get started i'll throw out our i'll throw out our um our disclaimer persona and i work for different companies it's why it's why we still get along probably um and uh i work for druva he works for zoom uh this is not a podcast of either company and the opinions that you hear are ours sometimes not even ours sometimes yeah. we're regurgitating other people's opinions
2: <laughs> and sometimes we well, have
0: disagreeing opinions too and sometimes we have disagreeing opinions uh and um c'est la vie but um and then also be sure to rate us on your favorite podcatcher and also uh, and follow us. The, the more people that follow us, it helps. Why do we ask you to do that? The more you rate us, the more you follow us, the more that helps us, uh, especially in Apple uh, podcasts, it helps us bubble up to the popularity, which helps other people find us, yeah. right? So that's why we ask you to follow us. Uh, if, you, if you're a regular listener, then uh, it helps you find us, but it also helps other people. Yeah. Find and, us. And if you and, have friends right. who
1: you think would enjoy this podcast, please share with them as well, right? Because Absolutely. we try to keep this yeah. fun, entertaining, but still <clears> technical <throat> to some degree, right? About things that matter yeah. in data protection yeah. and all the other fields Absolutely. that we talk about. So,
0: yeah. And um, yeah. And, and tweet us, right? Tweet, you know, uh, uh, tag me. I should, you know, I should really get a. I need to get a Twitter handle and email address just for the show. Yeah. Uh, but then I got to build a whole new following for that. Anyway, it was, it's a whole thing. So I'm at WC Preston on Twitter, uh, and persona is P Maliandi. or, uh, good luck spelling that. And, um, <laughs> you can tag on us. The, yeah. Tag us on We'd the, sh- love on the to show interact. notes. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, if, if, if persona, uh, responds to your tweet, it will increase his tweet, his Twitter activity by a hundred percent. Anyway, so let's talk about this LastPass hack. So this is, I mean... Maybe before that hack, what is LastPass?
1: Maybe that's probably a good place to start.
0: Yeah, well, well, yeah. So, well, what is LastPass and and why are we talking about it? Well, LastPass is, was one of the leading password managers. I do not think it is anymore. I would be surprised if they managed to stay in business after this. Um, The... Um, and it's by one the of way, those cloud-based. If you're cloud based. Of LastPass, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, and it is a, it is a cloud-based app, right? And we are a fan of password managers. As much as we've had episodes where we talk about what's wrong with password managers, um, they're still better than not having a password manager. Yeah. And not and not everybody agrees. Well, that, that occasionally you may hear. Um, Somebody who says, well, I don't want to put all my passwords in one place because if that place is hacked, then my passwords are gone. And we're going to talk about that, yeah. like how this, how this, um, figures into that. Um, but do you want to sort of give, give a, a summary of what, you know, What happened? I, I don't know if, do we want to summarize it as it happened or how we found out about it? I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, mm, I think we should do it as it happened first because yeah. it's easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, right? Because so, there was a, there were essentially two events, yeah, right? You yeah. want to summarize
1: the first one and then yeah. I'll
0: summarize the second one. So right.
1: what happened in August, right? That first incident is there was a threat actor who had gained access to an engineer's device, right? And so once they had access, they were able to then get into the LastPass development environment, right? Because that's what the engineer had. And they were able to sort of, Root around in there, find details, create sort of environments, but they were contained within the development environment. Now, they were able to get access to the engineer's laptop. So we don't know how they got access to the engineer's laptop, but they were able to, once they got on the laptop, they were able to access all of the internal LastPass systems from that perspective. Now, they were also pretty sophisticated Um, It seems that the laptop was properly configured with EDR tools, right? That kind of monitor to make sure. And those were tampered with and didn't trigger, right? And they were also able to actually do legitimate authentication into LastPass environment fully with MFA as well, right? Which is like, it looked like the legit person was logging in, right? And so they were doing everything they could to sort of hide what they were doing on this developer's laptop. But it is important to note that no customer or vault data was accessed in this first incident.
0: Yeah, what they did right and what they did wrong, right? So they did contact a security firm, right, Mandiant. Yeah, But they didn't really, I don't think they adequately communicated what happened, right? Um, But that was just one event. And then time passed and there was the second event, which was the much, I I think, the scarier, much more damage. Yeah, Yeah. much scarier. So what's what's interesting is that the the um, the what do you call it the tactics, techniques and procedures, the TTPs that this hacker used in the second attack? made it actually seem like it was a new hacker. It, yeah. Like they, they totally changed their, 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 you know, their method of attack. And so they actually didn't think that, um, you know, and their, their IOCs, their indicators of compromise were also different. Yeah. So it, it's like, it how would you like even know? Person. Yeah.
1: You wouldn't yeah, connect yeah. the two at all. Right. It's like, Oh, they're doing something completely different and right. can't be the same guys.
0: But they learned at some point that it was actually the same person. And this was worse so so first off it was uh the the threat actor got access to the employee's home computer right that's where they used this uh a vulnerable uh media software package now we don't know if that's one that that employee was supposed to install or if it's something you know is he like me and he makes <laughs> videos at home for you know for podcasts or something uh, and, and not part of his job. And then here's the thing is that the hacker was able to install a key logger. And that key logger watched the um, the DevOps, it was a DevOps employee, yeah. watched the DevOps employee type his master password. Now, those of you that use password managers, you just lost your breath, right? Because you're like, holy cow, they have the master password. Um, and then, and then this is after the employee authenticated with MFA. So the, the problem is that that then gives them access to the, um, to the password vault, right. Right. To the, to the last pass corporate vault. So this is, so let me explain what that would mean. So if you're using a password manager for corporate reasons, you've got passwords to your servers, passwords to your services, passwords to your cloud services, in this case, uh, to a cloud service that they were using to as a as a backup, and um, and even though you know all the stuff you know they had an EDP as well, alerting and logging was enabled, but the but because they used genuine authentication credentials, nothing looked malicious, yeah. right? And then the the result was that at some point the the threat actor got access to the cloud based storage that they were using for backup because they had this homegrown backup system that we don't fully understand. But we know that at some point they would they would put a copy of a bunch of things, which included the customer vault, uh, the encrypted customer vault, but put the customer vault in this basically in in an object up in some sort of cloud-based storage. But this the hacker got access to that and was able to download all of all of this data right now it is important to to state that the bulk of the data they accessed was encrypted unfortunately some of the customer data was unencrypted from what we um you know sussed out is passwords and things like that were definitely encrypted yeah but other things may and again this is this is us um you know Theorizing. theorizing so maybe they left the email address unencrypted maybe they left things like the ip address yep. uh, or the website that the that the password was unencrypted right so they were saying that parts of the customer data was unencrypted um, and the and and so that's that's really bad yeah that's <laughs> so really that, really bad that, so so it's interesting those are the two events and if and if we had heard about it just the way you described, and, and I described, that would be one thing. But the thing that, for me, makes this stand out, especially the second attack, is that we found out about it in pieces. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. In December, they were like, oh, nothing
1: happened. And then it was like, oh, by the way, someone got access to customer faults, but don't worry, everything is good. And then it was slowly like this. It was slow release.
0: Said, oh, yeah. by the way, yeah. But the third piece, the 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 third shoe, mm-hmm. which is weird because that's a three footed person. <laughs> the third shoe to drop was that was what we just described, basically how this happened. That it was a DevOps engineer because that, that is huge. That is scary. Yeah. Why don't you? I know yeah. you explained it on I, a I've previous s- podcast, but why don't you explain what that? What? Why is that a big deal? Yeah, with DevOps.
1: So I, for a lot of people who aren't familiar, so typically how an organization like an uh, Cloud based company, right, would be structured as you have your developers writing code, but they're not typically the ones who are deploying the code into a production environment, right, managing those, all the rest. Typically, that's done by a, a DevOps person, right? And so they're the ones and that's who. That's short for? Developer and operations. Right. Right. And so they're the ones who basically have access to all the customer data, right? So anything that, like, if I was using LastPass, right, and I had my password vault stored in the cloud, the DevOps person could potentially have access to it because they have credentials and authentication and authorization to access those resources because they need to as part of their job. Now, in a lot right. of companies, you limit who are DevOps folks, right? You make sure that everything is super secure. LastPass did the right thing in terms of having MFA, right? And the password vault and everything else, right? So it's not like they did anything wrong from a DevOps perspective. It's just the hacker... Was smart and knew exactly who to target, right? Because they're the ones who have the keys to the kingdom, and they're the ones who can get into everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, I, again, this is one of those where I, I wish I knew just a little bit more. So, so for example, when I when I hear that they were able to that basically once he got the master password, uh, or or she, right? We don't know uh, the 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 threat actor. Once they got the master password, they were then able to access the corporate vault as the person because it looked like the person. And they said, they mentioned, they made the mention of that was after the person um, uh, authenticated with MFA. Yeah. Right. So I'll just speak the, the way my password manager works. So my, I have to authenticate with MFA on each new thing that accesses my password vault, meaning hmm. I, I use multiple profiles in, um, Chrome. Right. Uh, so I use, you know, I have a, the, I'm on, I'm on my independent profile that accesses all my independent stuff that I do for, um, you know, for like the podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, and my, my W Curtis press and a Gmail account. So that, that is it's that, one. Yeah. uh, profile. And then I have another profile that is my work profile. And if, and, and then I have a third, which is a, a, a podcast manager, right? So I have all these different profiles. And each time I go between them, if it's been a while, uh, I have to re-authenticate myself, right, But with, but with if, MFA.
1: But if you're stuck in the same profile and you were accessing multiple things within that profile in your password manager, it wouldn't ask
0: you for MFA. No, it wouldn't. But let me let me just... Okay. what I'm what I'm trying to say is that in order, assuming the the threat actor had the master password, he would need to use it within the context of that laptop that it was originally being used. So if so, I'm trying to understand how they would do
1: that. So if they had access to the employee's laptop, right, they hacked it, they compromised it. If right. they were using that as a proxy to access everything internally in LastPath.
0: Right, but that would mean that would they, are they literally driving Chrome, for example, just to just, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because for it to work in Chrome, they would have for it to work in my environment, yeah. they would have to literally drive Chrome. And that I right?
1: don't know, but that's kind of yeah. what I'm imagining is
0: Yeah. Because, but then again, you and I aren't are yeah. ethical hacker people. So <laughs> so basically he, he he or she was able to gain the master password and then use that master password in the same environment that it was initially typed after MFA had already been uh, entered. And so really, they just look like the user using their master password again.
1: Exactly, which is why it didn't Um, flag in any of the alerts and auditing. Now, the one thing I would say, though, is... They should have, so even though we talked about DevOps engineers being powerful, right, and having access to everything, they should have had alerting and monitoring turned on on those accesses, right, because it's probably not likely that the DevOps person would have gone and accessed the backups in, or it should have at least flagged an alert and be like, hey, is this normal behavior? Or the fact that they're copying out a bunch of password vaults. Right. That does not seem like normal behavior for a DevOps person.
0: Yeah. Agreed. The thing that killed me was like, as we were talking about, is that it just came out over time. Yeah. It's like a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. And it was like, when are, and that's why when we saw the latest one, that's when I said, okay, I'm going to wait a while (laughs) to see if any other shoes drop. Yeah. Uh, and then then it's two people see because it's yeah. a three footed person. three person. Anyway, becomes a four. So, <laughs> so um, uh, and I, and I think that's happened now, yeah. right? Uh, it's been a full month, and so I think let us summarize. Um, you know, things that we can learn from what happened, and the 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 first thing okay. I want to talk about. So this is things that we can learn from what happens if you as a company are subject to some type of attack like this. And then also what can you do as a consumer of password managers to protect yourself from your password manager being, uh, uh, yeah. So the first that I want to talk about, and I really want to put it up up in front and that is communication. Yep. Um, I want to, I want to, emphasize that I'm not an official incident response person. I'm not an official corporate communication specialist, right? Although I do communicate quite a bit for the corporation for which I work. Right. Um, and I'm not doing that at the moment, but I do sometimes speak officially on behalf of, of the company that I work for. I think that they did poorly in this case, in terms of letting us know what had happened i think they were trying to do it's that classic thing of trying to do damage control right um and and focusing more and by damage control i don't mean trying to limit what was happening inside trying to limit how bad it looked on the outside yep um and spin a story um, right yeah make the story sound not so bad Yeah. and i and and again, this is me theory, theorizing. This is just, I think it's possible that the only way we found out about the DevOps thing is that it somehow leaked to mm. some press. And so then they they decided they had to, to add that in yeah. at, at, at some point. Um, I, I just, also, so,
1: so I go back and think about like some of the past breaches that we've talked about, right? Mm-hmm. You're in most of the situations. You're right. It was poor transparency by the company who had been attacked, and so everyone was in sort of a frenzy trying to be like, "What's going on? And are things safe?" It's kind of like um, when right this breach happened. Right, everyone across the news everywhere was like, "Drop LastPass, drop LastPass," because no one knew the severity of what had happened, and right. everyone was right. freaked out.
0: Yeah, right. And, and uh, by the way, I <laughs> I don't think we I, I think that recommendation would have stayed the same whether we found out later or sooner. But I I, I can't think of a good example. I can think I of thought- one company. Um, I can think of one company that what they did was they had a page. Right here's our page regarding the and I don't want to name the company because I'm going to both say good things and bad things. They had a page where they posted oh, stuff in terms of what we're doing. And then all you had to do was follow that page. Yep. They they started posting and then they they did continue posting. There were some, some long delays. The problem with that was that they didn't really have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And that they, and, and what, what we saw was, Oh, we're, we're testing the recovery environment. We've tested the recovery. We're good. We're, you know, and they were communicating. So they were doing the communication part that I think is important. It's just what we saw through that was that, they didn't have a plan going in. And so they developed their recovery plan in the midst of the recovery. I I think
1: the one that I kind of was impressed about, if I recall correctly, was the Okta hack, right? I think Okta had done a decent job of communicating what had happened, being transparent um, as they had information and being upfront. Yep. Uh, At least that's what I recall. Now, this was a while ago. I want to say it was like, 16 months ago, something yeah, like well, that.
0: Well, I know that no further shoes dropped. Yeah. Right. It was like, here, here's what happened. Dah, yeah. dah, dah, dah. Um, and sometimes you get the sense when you see the no customer data was accessed, you're like, really?
1: Was it? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> like yeah. it, in this case, uh, you know, that, that's not what they said, yeah. but I'm talking about in LastPass. I, but I
1: do wonder if people were aware that LastPass does not encrypt everything.
0: I think that was definitely news, right? Um, So, uh, by the way, I'm going to add that on my list uh, of stuff that I want to just talk about. So communications, I think it's just so important when you have a public breach like this. Uh, And then second is the homegrown backup thing. How are you, I think they were like $200 million company. (laughs) How are you a $200 million company and you don't have a corporate backup system? I, I just, I can't, I cannot. Yeah. And again, yeah, I know that like it's important to me and not as important to other people, but you're, you're a company that this is, I, I don't know how to, it's like, it's like uh, it's, you, you are holding the crown jewels of other people. It's, it's, it's like a bank that just has their friends guarding the vault, right? <laughs> they don't hire a security firm yeah. to guard their vaults. Um, they just, they wrote essentially a script that, and and so it was, it was two problems. One is that the script contained hard coded, uh, credentials to the cloud account where they, where they, uh, where they stored the data. And then the second was that that script was then, uh, it was in plain text and it it was crawled by the threat actor uh, apparently during the, uh, during one, one of the attacks. I don't know if it was the first attack or the second attack. We don't know. Uh, the idea that a that a company of that size would have homegrown backups was just I don't know. Do you want to defend them at all on that? Or? So, so I would say that it might be
1: difficult, depending on what they're doing, to find something that works right. And I can't blame them for having something homegrown. Now, there's a lot of mistakes they made, like hard coding credentials, right? Not locking it down. Right, keeping it completely separate. All those other aspects, which I will fault yeah. for, but like if you had to try to back up S three today, right? What are you going to do? AWS S three, right? There aren't really many great systems for right. doing that. So if you are talking like I, databases or virtual
0: machines and things like that, hundred percent agree with you. Well, they, well, they would have. Well, we don't know. We don't yeah, know we what don't their know. corporate exactly. infrastructure is, right? Yeah, but, um. I mean, unless literally it wasn't possible, uh, because my guess yeah, is they're they're I,
1: storing all their password vaults in object store, even if it's on premises, right? Or in their home? data center, in their data center, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, right. Um, we don't know what they're stored. Yeah, that would be the only reason. Okay, actually, so so actually, then I'll you ma- could probably stored even... in a database. So I'll I'll just, so I'll make this recommendation even bigger Then, don't create an infrastructure that you can't back up. How about that? Don't create an infrastructure that you can't back up via tools that are readily available. out I
1: still disagree with that.
0: Okay. Yeah. You're wrong. (laughs) It's okay.
1: (laughs) I I think if I look at like, what are you going to do around AI ML, like chat GPT, right? No one has tools for that. You're, if you're on the bleeding edge of something there's not going to be a tool to help you back that up. Or if you have such large amounts of data, like look at IOT workloads,
0: yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Some of those workloads I, just, I think are just I don't know. difficult. There's a All desire. Right, so, so
0: can we yeah. can we agree that if you're designing a homegrown backup system, first off, you shouldn't do it. If there's any way to not do it, yeah. please don't do it. Number two, if you are forced to do a homegrown backup system and you're doing it in such a way that you have hard-coded credentials in a plain text visible script you are doing it wrong and you you are you need to be fired 100 percent. are we we on the same okay
1: i I want to add a third yeah you should be investing in a person or part of a person who will continue managing and monitoring that service right your backup service if you're not using commercial
0: product because you do need that maintenance right all (laughs) right so the next lesson is and maybe this will be easier to talk about is the is that edr systems can be compromised who knew right Uh, we don't know the details but somehow they compromised uh the edr system yeah uh and be fascinated to know about that yeah and i think it's don't put
1: all your eggs in one basket right they always talk about like security and layers right yep don't always and I think it just sort of goes back to the old data center model, right? Where it was like, you just protect the perimeter and that's it. Because if you don't allow anyone in, you're all good. But now with like cloud and connectivity and everything else, right? Just look at what happened. You compromise a, an employee's laptop when they're at home and you're screwed, right? So
2: exactly. I think you need yeah.
1: the layers of defense. And what do we always talk about? Uh, least privilege.
0: Least privilege, yeah. Yeah. Yeah least privilege and, 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 and um, separation of, of roles. Yep. Right. Um, all of those things. And the the more you can, the the more sensitive something is, the more you want to number one, limit the number of people that are able to do that thing. And yep. number two, if at all possible, divide it into multiple levels of authentication. Yep. Right. Things like downloading your corporate customer (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. well and that should be and i know we talk about like multi-factor authentication i think there now needs to be sort of that push towards
0: 2 multi-person yeah yeah two-person authentication yeah actually and the, the thing i was about to talk about is just that mfa is not perfect yep right mfa is very helpful uh but it is not perfect and this if if someone gains control of somebody's laptop yep uh, MFA or the is other, not very helpful
1: or the other thing I was thinking is even in the Octahack, right, they basically did MFA fatigue, right, which MFA is fatigue. A, which is a real problem, right you just keep pounding a, a threat actor just keeps pounding a victim until they just give up and they're like, okay, fine
0: that's which, me. which for the record I think that person needs to be fired yep, if if you get 59 MFA requests and you accept one of them in my opinion you, uh, I don't know Maybe you don't agree with that, but I'm just like, oh. you you like if I got 59 MFA requests, I would be calling my MFA person. I yeah. would be contacting IT going, I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting 59 MFA requests. I would not go, ah, fine, leave me alone. It's three in the morning, damn it. I'm trying to sleep. Please go hack my company. Another thing that I wasn't that impressed with is that this person had third party software. Vulnerable third-party software installed on a laptop, and that was somehow allowed, yeah. right? It's very common, at least everywhere I, well, everywhere I've worked. Um, since like the concept of administrator, well, I guess that's always been a thing. Since the concept of laptops been around, mind you, when I. When I first Back working, in the day, everybody, there were no laptops. everybody didn't have laptops, <laughs> and the lap a laptop was a computer that was small enough that you could fit on your lap. <laughs> it was a big computer, but since laptops have been common, we've had this problem of you want to say I'm going to take administrator away yep. from the the person, but when you do that in many environments, the person can't do, do their stuff. job yep. right. Uh, I, I would prefer that you take administrator away uh, if, but it, 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 like in my case, there are many things I do that where I end up needing administrator access. And so if you're going to give administrator or, or a route to a person, right. Then you need to, you need to monitor what they're putting yeah. on your laptop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and yeah, um,
1: I remember actually recently reading Uh, or seeing tweets about someone who, you know, OBS software that you use for like uh, open broadcast systems, right? For doing a lot of like the screens and a lot of like media creators use it. Someone went to go install it. And so they entered into Google and then they clicked the first link turned out to be malware.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So you could be installing what you think is real software. Yep. And it's not yeah right. yeah which is which for those of you that don't understand that's the whole point behind the the feature in Mac OS it says you're uh, trying to install software from an, from an to... unidentified developer yep. right um, and and uh, yeah
1: and we could probably happened. take this for a different episode, but I'm just wondering if do you feel that that problem gets reduced by like the Apple App Store?
0: Yes, I do think that problem gets reduced. It, again, like anything else, it doesn't completely eliminate it. It's not, it's like MFA. It doesn't solve everything because bad stuff does get into the app store. Yeah. Um, but I do think it, it's reduced. Yeah. Right. Um, so, all right. So let's switch to the customer uh, focus here. So the, the first thing I want to talk about is one of the things that came out in this, which you, you, you've you alluded to already, is that we, we discovered through this story that last past doesn't encrypt all customer data. Yep. Which I just just want to say. That's just like WTF.
1: Yeah, that's like sending off fire alarms in my head. I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, like, how can they, like people assume that a password manager is my data. I'm using it for a purpose. I assume that everything would be encrypted.
0: And I'm paying you for the service, right? This is not one of these things where, you should also be able to uh, utilize my data to maybe make some money in some other way. Well, well, it depends. I will
1: say, if they did explicitly cover it out in their terms of service, then that could be a potential use of that data. However, I don't see why they would use like email address as a. Field that gets unencrypted when they can get that, especially in your vault, when you can get that information from, say, your profile or your account information. Right. Which will have your email address.
0: Yeah, we we don't know what they had encrypted or unencrypted. We know definitely that the passwords were encrypted. um, And then but we don't we don't know. So here's my here's my recommendation. And that is. Talk to your password vendor, password manager vendor and say, hey. Are you storing any of my data unencrypted? And if so, what what is it? Yeah. Um, and uh, and do that in writing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and hopefully their answer is uh, no. Of course not. Well, we store like your account information. Yeah. Maybe your
1: yeah. And, and that's right. typically um, what I would expect is your account information, your profile information, right? Whatever it is that they need to be able to bill you to communicate with you, right? Yeah. That's and, their information. And, and, that, and that
0: would. And even then, I would expect that to be encrypted. Just. Encrypted they have active. for them, not yeah. encrypted for us, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so that's my first recommendation. And then the next one, and this is- Strong passwords. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question, Persona. I mean, I already know the answer, but I'll ask you a question. This idea that they were hacked and, and, and they got access to, to the vault, this is the thing that everybody's worried about with using a password manager. They got access to the vault. Why does that not just completely say, well, you shouldn't use password managers because you put all your passwords in one place where somebody could hack them?
1: Well, and I think we talked about this in some of the prior episodes around password managers, right? But the biggest thing is if I'm a user and I have to remember passwords for 50 different websites or 100 different websites, they're all probably going to be similar-ish, you know? Yeah. And so if a password is able to be guessed for just even one of the sites gets compromised, then uh, attacker can guess the other ones, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, yeah, that's the whole point of the password manager yeah. is that you can get a super long, um, and by super long, I mean, you know, 15 to 20 characters, uh, which is where I think you, I think you need to be at least 15 characters at this point with your passwords based on how long it takes. So let's just talk about that because they sent out um, some recommendations on what customers should do. Mm-hmm. And they, it was very interesting Basically, they mentioned that they had changed their method of encryption at, at some point, right? Basically, the way they salt and encrypt mm-hmm. their their passwords, they had changed it over time. And what they said was, if your password, what I recall them saying was, because I'm just going yeah. off of memory, was like, if your password is a, of a short, of a certain length, yep. number one, and or if it your was password before, was created before this date, yep. then we recommend you change your password now. Right yep. and we're not talking about the master password we're talking about individual the, passwords the individual passwords and so that I think is um there I, I'd say two recommendations what where where are you in terms of your password length
1: for I would say twenty four characters minimum
0: yeah i'm I'm right yeah right so but I agree with you except get uh, except what I was doing last night you know what I was yeah. doing last night huh? I I was I was re-enabling I, I, so I bought a new uh uh I bought an Apple TV. Okay. And um I went I went to go I remember it was because I've I've made my passwords longer over time. Yeah. And I went to go uh authenticate Discovery Plus and it was one that had a a, a 20 character password and b mixed case. Do you right? know what you could so do for that? Case. No, I know, I know, I figured it out. But I'm just saying, I, I know, the, I know the solution, yeah. right? The Apple key, keyboard yeah, solution. Yeah. That, by the way, that's amazing. Oh yeah. Um, but at the time, I was, I was just cursing Squirrel myself it. for yeah. having. Right. I was like, why can't? Because I just, I just let DashPass create. Yeah, yeah. Hey, create me a twenty-character password, and they do the uppercase M, lowercase yeah, yeah. Q, seven, squirrely, yep. You know. They cancel the all of that. Hardest thing yep.
1: to type, if you,
0: yeah, yeah. Um. But, you know what? You know what's actually the hardest.
1: What I hate it when they change, like you know, the apostrophe versus the the other yeah. one, yeah. right? And it's yeah. always so difficult to tell which one it is.
0: Well, my my problem is an O or a zero. Oh, like yeah. is it is it an O or a zero? um it, i know the one a, I is use, that an l or a pipe sign yeah you know i know the one
1: i use uses different colors for numbers versus letters
0: oh it do, it does when you're looking at it in the in yeah. the yeah the dash lane does the same thing when you're yeah. looking at it in the ui yeah um but anyway the point is you i i would say the two things to do is is to make sure you have really long passwords and i yeah. you know i'd say minimum of 16 if 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 you're if if the difference between a 16 character password and a 24 character password is just the number of par- number of characters, and you can just set that number, and you can enter that, there is nothing wrong with having having a 24 character password. Yep. Right. Um, and for those few passwords that you do occasionally need to type manually, uh, I'm talking to you, iTunes. Um, the app, the Apple password, right? You're you, every once in a while you're asked for your Apple password. That one, what I would use is I would use uh, a password a phrase. phrase. You know the yep. the battery horse staple thing. Yep. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google battery horse staple, and um, it, it make it really long and make it unique, and then and then store that um in, in the password manager. Any additional recommendations on that?
1: No, I agree on that. I think just in general, I know that with LastPass, right, they said before this date, if your character password was this long, you should go reset it. I think, and I'm guilty of this as well, I think people should, even if they have a password manager, they should still go back and periodically change their passwords. Right. Because like I just started going through and for like the critical websites, I've gone through and started changing my password because I realized I haven't changed it in a long time because yeah, you don't always go back. And at least the one I use, it's not an easy mechanism to go change it. And so like it's not automated, Yeah, which I know some password managers support. But for me, it's like painful. And so I've now just like you're going through all your pictures and going through and looking at them. I'm doing that same effort with all my passwords where I'm just going back through and being like, okay, do I need this? Do I not? Let me go change
0: I completely agree with your recommendation. It was actually going to be be my my second recommendation. What you should probably do, don't think of this as a giant project you need to do tomorrow. This is a this is a housekeeping thing. Yep. Um figure out a way. Um, you know, in let me look in my, I'm just gonna pull up you have 670 passwords, I believe. No, I know that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm thinking. I'm going to add it to my recommendations for password managers. So I'm looking at my vault. Yeah. It shows that there's a last used column. Yep. I think there should be a last changed column. Yep. To make it easy for me, because to this find. means that, yeah, yeah, this I I, I want to know passwords that I haven't changed for five years. Because what I was going to recommend, and it, it means that you're going to have to like figure this out manually yep. is just every day go and change a few passwords. Yep. Right. If, if you're like me and you have, you know, close to a thousand passwords in a password manager. And I'm sure when some people say that they're like, what the, what the what? And I'm like, welcome to Sassland, land, man. Yeah. I, I will say, you know what I've started, what I've started to do is I've started as much as possible is to use Google authenticator, right. Just mm. to use my, instead of if I'm at a new sign in website, with Google, sign in with Google, Uh, That way I don't have, I don't have a new password uh, to manage, but um, the, um, it it would be really nice. uh, This is, this is for the password manager folks. It would be really nice if there was a last change. Or to notify me, right? Just
1: have a notification that says, okay, notify me after 365 days. Right. Since the last change.
0: So in my case, in my case, based on the number of passwords I, I have, I would have to change two of them a day to change all of my passwords within a year. And again, yep. this is, this is just housekeeping. It's not, yep. you know, you don't have to, cause the idea of me sitting down and changing 700 passwords right now is that that is daunting. It is daunting. Yeah. But, but Dashlane doesn't help me in that it doesn't tell me which passwords I've changed recently. Yep. Um, you just have to remember. So yeah. Do the yeah. A's I'm one curious. day, the B's another day, the C's another day. I believe well, in that that's only 26, you know, and at um, some point you're gonna to get to a letter that has a hundred yeah. websites. Uh maybe do it do it by by month. Like yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe that's a doable thing. Um only only um only do it on days of the week that end in a Y. Um, <laughs> uh okay. So we already talked um yeah, so reach out to your password manager and what and find out, right? Yeah, and then and, and while you're reaching out to your password manager, use that last episode if you haven't listened to the previous episode where we had the the guy C. that yeah, see, that, yeah, that 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 built this. That it was, it was a university and they went and did um, uh, this investigation and find out which of these your password manager has addressed yep. and which they. In which they are saying, so in the case of Dashlane, for example, the one that I know they haven't addressed is the the password or the, the email, the known email issue. And yeah. that is honestly a problem with a lot of places, not just That's Dashlane. Right. Um, yeah. And I wish they would do away with it, but I don't know. I'm not <laughs> in the meetings. Um, any final thoughts, Rosana? So I would say two. One is.
1: If you're using LastPass, you should probably consider moving to something else. Uh,
0: I would that, be stronger with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would be one. And the second is everyone should be using a password manager. Doesn't matter what type it is, if it's a cloud based, if it's free, if it's the web browser based, right? Whatever it is, use a password manager.
0: Yeah. The evidence is not in LastPass's favor. Yeah. Um, and. I think it's. I think there are so many people. The only people, the only people that are left as LastPass customers, are customers who are just flat out not paying attention. Yep. Right. They they probably didn't get the emails from LastPass. They probably don't follow any industry news. And um, well, at, at some point, <clears throat> right. Well, I I think right. I think
1: what it's actually going to be also is if you're a large corporate environment right. You're probably looking at how to migrate away, but you might have a contract. So on your renewal, mm. you're probably not going to sign up again.
0: Right. Right. But yeah. you're
1: dealing with it as it is while you're migrating to mm. a different solution. That yeah, could be that's, that's my a, good other point.
0: That's a good point. Cause they do use it. At, they do, People do use it as a corporate password manager. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would think if I, if I were LastPass, clearly LastPass does not care what I think. Because they're not going to enjoy this this particular episode at all. But if I were LastPass, I would be proactively because even though I can't see the I can't see the unencrypted password, I can see the password length yep. based on the length of what's stored, and I most likely have a last modified date on that record,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And and if assuming they have that, but I think that's a pretty standard field to have. If I have that, I would be proactively like, you know, like my daughter, uh, has a car. She says, she says that, um, she's taking care of it, but Toyota thinks that she's still subject to the airbag recall. Mm. I get it. I get a placard, not a placard, but you know, one of those like poster card things in the mail every month for the last multiple years. Please because they're sure. like, you, yeah. dude, please fix this." And I think that's what you sh- LastPass should be doing for any of their yeah. existing customers. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, you found some use in this. Uh, not a not a particularly enjoyable episode, but hopefully, we can learn some things from that. Exactly. Right? Yep. And with that, I want to thank you for your attention and thank you for listening. And be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all.